Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Got him with a sinker. Soto stranded at first after the Machado strikeout ends the inning. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Leading you right into Cubs baseball. Pre-game starts at 735. Zach Zayman got your call right there. 8-10, first pitch, Cubs-Padres today. It's going to be a good one. And, of course, it is going to be on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Ah, right now we get to talk some Cubs. And you know what? I, the reason why I like this guy because he – I told you, Leo, am I – it was a question. Am I becoming a Cubs fan? Or am I – not a Cubs fan in place of the White Sox, but am I liking the Cubs a little more? And Andy doesn't push them on me. That's what I like. He's just He just kind of talks them up and he just lets him – Let's be in front of my face, and then he just allows me to make my own decision. And I like that about him. He's joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Cubs for the Marquee Network. He's a writer over there, and he's a all-around good guy, man. And he's joining us right now. Andy Martinez. Andy, I appreciate your apolitical nature when it comes to, you know, whether or not I should be a Cubs fan or not. You just kind of let it be, bro, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to push you no. in one way or another. What you do with your fandom is, is your own business. Yeah. And it, and it bleeds, it bleeds, it bleeds and it hurts and it, and it feels, but you know, what I've been saying, Andy is like, you know, I've been on the score now for over a year and last year, you know, you had to pay a little bit more attention to the Cubs. Obviously you're covering them and I always did, but just a little more attention to them to where you just find all these likable guys and then this season comes, and they have some additions, and they, they still have their pitching staff from last year, a lot of guys carrying over. And then you see what they've been able to do, especially early in the season, and you're like, am I, am I, am I liking these guys? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I, do I have a little hard-eye emoji for the team, but I'm just not telling anybody that I have a crush on them? And I'm just like, but either way, especially after the first three games of this set against the Padres, you know, not even go back to like, the three games versus the Tampa Bay Rays where they almost, you know, they could have swept. And then they have this one. And you're like, see, I told you the Cubs are good. Yeah, it's like it's 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 a, such a weird stretch because, like, right before that Rays series was the Red Series where they got swept. And that was, I mean, I think that, that had to be after the sweep, probably the lowest point of the season. They had they had their, their, their stretches where they, after a hot April in, in May, they had their stretches where, things kind of didn't go right. And you're kind of like, man, like, is this real? Are the wheels starting to fall off? Cause 
there was some overplaying of expectations, right? Like they were overplaying a little bit of their metrics in April that like you knew it had to come down at some, in some capacity a little bit in, in May, but it, but it came down a lot in May and I think a lot more than anyone expected. And that kind of was, was a little shocker. And then the red series is really where it, it just like everything that could go wrong seemingly went wrong for, for the Cubs. And then you've got the Rays coming into town and you're just thinking like, it's, it's, it's only going to go down even more before it starts coming back up. And then they take two of three in one, one, one run games that like, that has not been their, their MO. They were two and 10 in one run games going into that Rays series. And then, the three games are all decided by one run and they take the first one. And, and realistically, they probably should have swept that series given that they, they had the bases loaded in the ninth inning that they could have walked it off and, and taken all three, which, which would have been totally different. But then it comes back in San Diego. They, they, they've taken two of three. They've got the, a chance to, to take three or four tonight against Blake Snell. And it, it's just, it, it's just an interesting run that they're on where it's like that, that red series could have been really could have been like a, like a, just like a bad sign of things to come, just given the timing and, and who it went against. And, and it, it really, frankly, turned out to be the opposite, at least so far. So there's, there's still a lot of games on the West Coast for them to, to play in that, that, that things can change. But for, uh, from an early onset against the Rays and against the Padres, it's a, it's a good response from a bad sweep to the Reds. We're talking to Andy Martinez here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. And it seems like the Cubs, Andy, like they play up to their competition – but they but then they also play down to their competition as well. Like even if you're talking about the Reds, I mean, obviously always a competitive game in, in Major League Baseball, but it seems to be the case where they play they, they really do get up for these these games against competitive teams. And so, I mean, from what you've been watching, I mean, I know we're in June now, we passed Memorial Day. Do you feel like you got a finger on who this team is? I, that's the thing is like sometimes you you have your moments where you're like I, I like this is what this team is, and then you have moments where you're like. I, I'm not really sure what this team is. Like you go back to the Cardinal series, the Cardinals were really, really bad at that time. Like even watching them play, the, the Cubs should have swept that series against the Cardinals, and they they lost two of three. That was just a that was just a bad series loss. The Nationals three of they lose three or four in in Washington to a, to, a, to a bad Nationals team. They get swept by the Marlins in one run games. That was a little fluky. They they could have easily swept all those three games. But you're right. Like there was a little bit of playing up to their competition. The Astros series that they got swept in. Those were some of the some of their better games in some of those moments. The the Keegan Thompson game that that he he they they blow it in the ninth inning and and he walks uh, a guy and gives up a home run like that that was that was kind of a culmination of like this is what's going wrong right now. But it it should have been a game that they won. And then you can see the frustration after the game in, in, in David Ross and, and the players in the clubhouse like that that was a tough loss. But it's hard to say like you know exactly what this team is. And I guess the beauty for them is that the the rest of the division really hasn't found their identity either right like the the Brewers should be running away with this division just given the the way they've been playing right now and they're not the Cardinals should be better and they're in last place the Pirates are still overplaying expectations that like they keep overplaying you maybe you're thinking maybe this actually is where they are and the Reds are are going a five game winning streak at one point and then lose five in a row after that like you you just don't know what this division is and so maybe that's a blessing in disguise for the Cubs that like maybe you, you have a little bit more time to to uh, to figure out who your identity is, but as David Ross and, and Jed Hoyer mentioned, like there, it's not going to be early forever, right? You kind of have to figure this out sooner or later. Yeah, and that's the tough position that they're in, and it kind of sucks because it's in that it's in that space where you're close enough to compete, but you're still like if things continue in that direction, then you, you know, that gap is going to continue to grow. Where you know at one point they were four and a half last week out, now they're five and a half. 
And it's, it's just not going to get any easier. than Like you said, they're on the West Coast, so things are going to be tough. Uh, but they still have one more versus the Padres. Uh, you know, Kyle Hendricks is going to be on the bump today. You've seen his first two starts. They're pretty good. and But but there, there has to be some sort of dud in there somewhere. That's just what happens in the course of a season. Uh, are you confident that today will not be one of them? I, it's funny because his, his best outing of the year last year came in San Diego where he almost pitched a complete game. He went eight and two-thirds. And and you almost you know, almost got the complete game, and you kind of thought at that point, like, yeah, all right, Kyle Hendricks is coming into form. That's that's who he is. And then a couple outings later, he's he lands on the injured list, and he doesn't pitch again for almost a year. So this might be an outing for him to kind of really get things back on track. The first outing, he he was frank and he admitted it. There was a lot of emotions, right? And and you can't blame him when you've gone 11 months without pitching in a major league game, and and you come back to, in. in at home with the crowd behind you, it's it's going to be an emotional setting to to try and pitch in, uh, regardless of regardless of how many years that you have in the big leagues. Like that was just an emotional game for him, and he mentioned it. That second outing, it was a little bit better. It still wasn't vintage Kyle Hendricks by any means, but he mentioned that there was no nerves, there was no emotion behind it. It just felt like a normal outing, and there were some positives that he felt like he could take from that. And so now into this outing, you're you're looking to see if he ha- can carry those those base those those feels or those cues that he was talking about into this next start, because that's, that's really what the Cubs need right now with Justin Seal on the injured list, Drew Smiley and, and Marcus Stroman are carrying the bulk of it, uh, of the, of the rotation workload. Like Kyle Hendricks has to take that step up and, and, and be a, be another anchor for them because Jamison Tyon hasn't, he, he looked good in his last outing, but he, he, he's still not at what they expected him when they signed him. So you need someone like Kyle Hendricks to kind of step up in their rotation and, 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 solidify his place and say like, Hey, like when, when I go out there, I've got a chance or I'm giving us a chance to win. Yeah. And that's exactly what he needs to do tonight. We're talking to Andy Martinez here on six seventy. the score. I mean, if he can, you know, go five innings again and, and, and hold him to two, maybe three runs. I mean, that's going to be good enough for any Cub fan and for David Ross as well, as the Cubs again, look to take three out of four against the Padres right here on six seventy. the score. Make sure you guys are listening to that. First pitch at 8-10. You mentioned Jamison Tyone earlier. I had the pleasure of being on the radio right before he pitched. And, you know, I was asking the question, like, do we do we see a, a situation where he gets better? Or what, 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 what does that look like for him? And, you know, it was somebody was touching on the fact that, you know, sometimes guys need to be here for a little bit before they, they catch that momentum. Um, what was what what did you see from Tyone in the last start? that would make you think, you know, he kind of turned the corner. Not necessarily to be consistently good, but just, to, you know, not necessarily what, the way he'd been performing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think it just looked like he was himself, like the pitcher that he was in New York. Like when when they when the Cubs signed him and and when they were when they were recruiting him and, and trying to get him in free agency, one of the things that that Jed Hoyer mentioned after the signing was like he has pitched in a big market, right? He he pitched in New York. He pitched for the Yankees. He pitched in playoff in, in pennant races year in and year out. Like so, like the spotlight of pitching for the Cubs at Chicago, a major media market, wasn't good, the moment wasn't going to get too big for him, and it struggled a little bit early. Then he lands on the injured list. Then he's he doesn't go on a rehab assignment because they need the starter. So he comes or they need a starter, and he comes in and he's. He's pitching on on three innings and 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 pitch limits, and it's just not a good recipe for success. And so he, I don't think he was really ever ever able to find a groove. This last outing, he just kind of looked a little bit more like himself and like who they the Cubs expected when they signed him. 
it, it it's it's not it's not perfect yet. It's not vintage Jameson Tyone, but it's a good it's a step in the right direction. At the end of the day, that that's who they need to to step up more than anyone in the rotation right now because they signed him to the big deal. They signed him to the to the they, he was one he was a marquee rotation signing, and they need him to pitch to that level because if he steps up and you can get Justin Steele back healthy and Marcus Stroman continues to pitch like he's doing and Drew Smiley continues to pitch like he's doing, like that's a pretty darn good four four man rotation. That I mean, at least on numbers perspective, is as good as anyone in the league. If you can get if you can get Jameson Tyon going, that's the big if right now is trying to get him going. If you can get him going though, like that's that's a really good sign for the Chicago Cubs. And based on that last outing, you're starting to think like, okay, maybe maybe he's starting to figure it out. And and one thing that I found really interesting that Jed Hoyer pointed out just a couple weeks ago when he spoke to the media was a lot of times these guys that sign these big deals, they like they put the pressure on themselves, right? Like I have to go out there and pitch nine innings and, and allow one hit like every single outing. And it's just not realistic, right? Like you're going to have your clunkers. Marcus Stroman has been one of the best pitchers in baseball and he's had two, two bad outings this year. Like it's just not feasible to, to, to go out and, and dominate every single game, every single game. So he put that pressure on himself and Jed Hoyer mentioned like Craig Kimbrell, you Darvish, when they first got here, they, they really struggled. And by the end of their, by the end of their tenure in Chicago, I mean, they were pitching like who they signed to be. That's the hope that Jameson Tyon with Jameson Tyon, right? Like maybe these early struggles were just him putting pressure on himself. If he can kind of relax and, and pitch to what he can do, they'll get the pitcher that they signed. That's a great point because, you know, when you're talking about those two pitchers um, specifically, I mean, yeah, I could see it, right? You come in to play for the Cubs. You, everyone thinks as though they need to be the savior in a particular moment or whatever the present is. And I could see Jameson Tyon coming in and being like, yeah, I'm supposed to be that dude. I'm getting paid all this money. And, I can see where you put a little pressure on yourself. I, I never thought about that. It's a great point right there. Uh, talking to Andy Martinez from Marquee Sports Network here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Cubs baseball starting in just a little bit, leading you right into that. Um, before we, I go into some position players, specifically Miguel Amaya, uh, what did you think of Soto, or excuse me, Marcus Stroman's Soto shuffle after striking him out? <laughs> what did you think of that? That was awesome. That was awesome. Like that was my I, Miguel Maya's home run yesterday was really cool. And I, it was, I Miguel, Miguel and I have a good relationship. That I was really happy for him to hit that home run. But Marcus Stroman and, and Juan Soto, their litter and exchange was was the best part of yesterday, in my opinion. Juan Soto first uh, draws a walk in the first inning against Stroman, kind of stares him down, and, and Stroman mentioned it after the game. He said, "You know, I kind of put that in my back pocket. I said if I can get him." I've got I've got a little something for him. A couple innings later, he strikes him out looking. He does his own little Soto shuffle. They both kind of smiled. It's I mean that's part of the fun of the game, right? Like it's it's not malicious. It's just like one guy having fun with each other. And and Stroman even mentioned like the next time they face Soto could very well go deep off off of him. Like right. he's so good that he could do that. That if he does that, he'll tip his cap. Like there's no malicious in it. Like that's that's what baseball is. That's it's no different than when you and I were growing up playing in, in our backyards and. You get your homie one at bat, and then he gets you the next one. Like that's that's the fun in, in, of the game and the beauty of the game. And to me, that was my favorite moment from yesterday's game. Yeah, and and you know, Andy, I mean, that's what we really want as fans, right? We love those moments. We right. want those. And you know, you've seen people like let the kids have fun, let them let them toss the bat, whatever. It's this is gamesmanship. Let them. I mean, right. if you love Marcus Stroman and the way he's been pitching the last month, then you have to enjoy things like that. And like he said, if he goes yard on them, he tips his cap, and then you keep him moving. You play the rest of the game. It's just, it's what it has to be. Um, you mentioned Miguel Amaya a second ago. Who do you think is going to be best? The best of the three call ups 
between Amaya, Morel, and Mervis. I was going to go with Ma'am and give him a nickname, but it just that it doesn't sound intimidating. So, I, you know, Morel, Amaya, Mervis, Ma'am. But but so, but I am curious, who who do you think is going to be the end up being the best of the three? So this is an interesting question because if you would have asked me this at the beginning of the season, even even a little bit over a month ago, I probably would have ranked Amaya last, just given where he was. Right? You think about it; he missed twenty twenty. He had a uh, Tommy John in twenty twenty one, and then last season he was recovering from Tommy John and then has a list Frank injury towards the end of the season that he he really doesn't play. And it's his last option year. And you're thinking like time's ticking on him just because he, because of his situation with the 40 man roster and everything and just not playing. You're kind of like, all right, this guy, this guy's kind of running out of options. Jan Gomes lands on the concussion IL. They need to, they need the, the backup catcher. They call him up. And I mean, he stepped in and he looked like a major leaguer and, as a as a batter, that wasn't too shocking because every everything the the reviews about him and, and as a prospect, everything was he's a he's he could be a really good offensive hitter or offensive catcher. Like that was not the question. So like thinking about that, that wasn't too shocking. But what was really surprising was how pitchers and coaches and David Ross all raved about his game calling and his defense, right? And that's something that the Cubs have been been frank about what they want in a catcher. Like Jan Gomes, everyone raves about him as a game caller. Tucker Barnhart everyone raves about him as a game caller. Like he was behind the plate when Marcus Stroman threw that complete game one hitter last week that the, the, the Cubs clearly prioritized game planning and, and, and defense from their catchers and Miguel Amaya kind of surprised them. So, I, I mean, right now I think Amaya is just the, the, the most likely just given beyond Gomes as an, as an option for next year, Tucker Barnhart's on the one year deal. They're both veterans. Like they're not going to be playing 120 games a season, just given where they're at in their career. And Miguel Amaya is clearly surprised and shocked at everyone that like he clearly could be the catcher of the future and, and can take that step up. Morel, Morel's hitting, if he hits home runs like he was hitting when he first came up, I mean, that's, that's going to be hard to top. I think there was always going to be some regression just given how, how hot he started that you knew he couldn't hit at that insane clip the, the, the rest of the year. And I think Mervis is just really, really just figuring it out. Like, I think it's, it's, he's had some tough matchups. It was always going to be an adjustment for him. Like everyone knew that there were, everyone within the Cubs knew that there was going to be some sort of adjustment. You're starting to see that the league's kind of figured figured him out right now. The thing for him is seeing how he can make those adjustments now that the league has kind of figured him out to to take that next step as a player. Because every player kind of goes through that where you the the, the opposing pitcher finds your weakness and exploits it. Now it's up to you to to, to kind of make those adjustments and and take that next step as a as a hitter. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but it's interesting to watch. You love the fact that, you know, they're bringing these guys up and they're saying, hey, these are the these are the guys that we've pinpointed that can contribute to our roster in the present, and we want to give our team the best opportunity to win. And it seems as though there's a level of believability, Andy, in the Cubs organization that if they bring these guys up and they 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 they, they get them in the mix with who they have there in the, in the present, that they they can take that division. Don't you feel that's the – that's the mindset of, 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 of management when they're bringing up these guys? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. As is, is Jed Hoyer mentioned it when they called up Mervis and when they called up Morrell, like as a GM and as, or as a president of baseball operations, that title where you're constructing the roster, whichever one it is, when you have that title, once the season starts, like your ability to impact the team is very, very, like almost non-existent, right? Like your, your opportunities to impact the team come at the, via trades, usually around the trade deadline, maybe calling up a top prospect. And 
not every team has a top prospect that they can just call up and, and try and inject some life in, into into the roster. The Cubs had two, where, where it was Matt Mervis and, and Christopher Morrell. Those were the levers that Jed Hoyer pulled, and he pulled them early in the season. That you know that, that they know what their situation is. They know they have a chance at this division. Like I mentioned earlier, this isn't the strongest division by any means. And for all their struggles in 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 April, excuse me, in uh, in May, they're still only five and a half games back out. They're still well within reach. That if you go on a little run here, there's there's no reason to believe that you can't be contending for for that division for for the rest of the summer. So that's why they called up someone like Christopher Merle. That's why they called up someone like Matt Mervis because they can get going and hit like they were in Triple A. That's an immediate injection to the offense that that at the time when they were called up, especially needed that that offensive jolt and. So that that was a clear message of hey, like we're not going to keep those guys in AAA to for for any longer because we know that they can they can help the team win and that's what they're going to do. And it's going to be a great one. It's going to be great to see, and I and I, ho- I really hope that they can start stringing together some victories so they can really be in that race. Maybe leapfrog the 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 Pirates and and really get into it. It'll be interesting that next series they have versus the the Brewers and see how that one's going to turn out. Uh, talking to Miguel uh, Martinez. Here on 670, the score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Um, uh, all right, one last, one more question for you. Uh, and this is about the top of the lineup. Seems as though there's been some consistency there, finally. Um, when you're looking at, you know, who Ross is putting at the top, Horner, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki. Are you cool with that? Does that feel good to you at, at that four? Because it's been, it's been that way for uh, a few games now. Yeah, I mean, it's been like that really all season. Uh, before, before Cody Bellinger went down, I mean, that was – was those four and Cody Bellinger mixed in like that was one through five. There was, there was no questions about it. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, I think it works out. Nico Horner has been a great leadoff hitter. And, and when he gets on base, especially in, in April, he didn't do it as much as in May. He only had a belief. It was three stolen bases. He had two at the end, at the end against the Rays. But when he gets on, he has the ability to change the game with his running. One thing that, again, going back to earlier about the league adjusting, Nico Horner, the, the league has adjusted and, and has kept him closer to the back. has kept him from running. That is kind of, negated some of the some of the success he had as a lead off hitter where he was able to get a single or, or get on base and, and and steal a base the 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 rest of the lineup has been doing his thing i mean Dansby Swanson's like a two war player and and and, and say Suzuki's been one of the hottest hitters in the planet since since uh since he really got into form after after a delayed start with his injury and and the the interesting one is Ian Happ like he's still getting his walks he's not hitting for power a lot but he has a good OPS He's drawing walks. He's he's having good at bats. That you're like, you kind of just think it's a matter of time before that power starts to come. That's kind of like the only like real worry. But I mean, he's been a really darn good player this season, and and has still been a, a a very positive offensive player. That you're not too worried. That I mean, if you if your biggest concern is that he's walking a lot, that's a pretty darn good problem to have. All right, on the way out, I know that uh, you and your little Layla, your dog, were out uh, out and about watching the game at Impact Field. Um, the other day, supporting uh, and for, for those that are fighting ALS, what was that about, man? And what were you guys? Uh, what were you guys doing up there? Yeah, so uh, it was Dog Day at the Chicago Dogs game, and so we, my wife and I, took the advantage of taking little Layla out to her first baseball game. I mean, to figure if if, uh, if I'm at a baseball game every day, the least she can do is enjoy one game. But yeah, more importantly, it was ALS Day, which is a cause that's near and dear to our uh, our own at Marquee Sports Network, John Bukshiambi's heart, one of his good friends growing up, Tim Sheehy. She died from the disease and, and there's no cure right now for the disease. And it's, it's a, it's a really, really tough disease that, you know, once you go through it, your, your, your life, it's a bit, you know, your life expectancy is only a couple of years really at most. Wow. 
Sarah Lang's another um, another MLB.com reporter and researcher, one of the, the best followers on baseball. If you don't follow her on, on Twitter, she was diagnosed with ALS just recently. So with the shirt I was wearing, baseball is the best. That's her saying on Twitter. You can get it at RotoWare um, on Twitter, uh, 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 online. The, all proceeds go to help those fighting ALS. Like I mentioned, it's a disease that, I mean, life expectancy is a couple of years. So for, for, for those that raise money, I mean, it helps with, with, People need people need care. People need service once they are diagnosed with ALS. So all those funds go to help that. So it's a very special cause that that I was glad to support and and always fun to go to the to a ball game no matter what it is. Check them out, Project ALS Org on Twitter, so you can find out all that information. Andy, you're a class act man. Love having you on. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, Andy Martinez, Cubs writer from Watch Marquee. Uh, Marky Sports Network hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. A couple minutes away from sending you to Cubs pregame. Cubs taking on the San Diego Padres, the fourth game of the series. Cubs have taken two out of three, trying to make it three in a row, or excuse me, trying to make it three out of four. Kyle Hendricks on the bump today going up against Blake Snell. One and six on the season with a 4.5 ERA. Your lineups are as follows for the Chicago Cubs. Your lineup for the Chicago Cubs is as follows. Nico Horner leading it off, as Andy was saying, just doing a great job at the top of the lineup. Dansby Swanson in the two-hole. It's got to feel good to have somebody right there. Six homers on the season. Hopefully you can get another one today. Ian Hatt batting third for the Cubs today. Seiya Suzuki in the four-hole. Obviously, he's been playing exceptionally well. Slugging percentage. Uh, Cubs batters four through six all have a slugging uh, percentage over 400. That's pretty solid right there. Patrick Wisdom filling in the five hole. Jan Gomes, after going yard yesterday, uh, will be right there at the six. Trey Mancini ending up in the seven. Miguel Amaya trying to piggyback off of his excellent performance yesterday. Going to be in the eight spot. And then Christopher Morrell rounding out the lineup for the Chicago Cubs. As I mentioned, Kyle Hendricks on the bump. Trying to make it three good outings in a row. We'll be able to keep an eye on that one. Hopefully the professor uh, can continue on that hot streak. And the Cubs can get another victory as they are on the West Coast. Got to think of my guest for today. Scott Merkin, always love talking to him. And of course, Andy Martinez as well. Filling us in on the latest Cubs news. Want to thank my producer today, Leo Stoddaher. Leo, awesome job today, bro. Thank you. Are you doing Cubs clips after this? I am. Damn, bro. The it's OT. Fun. It's fun. You have fun here. That's That right there should be your cut that you play all the time. I am. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun here. That's great. All right. Uh, we are about to get out of here. You'll catch me tomorrow, 6 p.m., right here on 670. The score. Make sure you're here for it. All right. Mi gente. That means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Who's winning? The Bears. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.